Lecture topic: Loyalty to Prophet Muhammad. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladin astafa. Amma baadu faaudu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قل إن كنتم تحبون الله فاتبعوني يحببكم الله ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم والله غفور رحيم صدق الله العظيم. Most respected students of Deen, brothers and sisters. <coughs> Last week we had briefly discussed some aspect about our loyalty to Allah wa ta'ala. How important loyalty is and how loyal we should be to Allah Ta'ala. After all, Allah Ta'ala is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher. And we will return to Him alone. And we will have to give an account of our deeds to Him. So we have to become loyal to Allah Ta'ala in our entirety. Our eyes have to become loyal, our ears have to become loyal, our tongue has to become loyal, our hands and feet must become loyal to Allah Ta'ala. And most of all, our heart must become totally loyal to Allah Ta'ala. The heart is king, and if the heart becomes loyal to Allah Ta'ala in reality, then everything else will be loyal to Allah Ta'ala. And this loyalty to Allah Ta'ala is simply that we worship Allah Ta'ala alone, and we obey Him, and follow his commands and we do not do anything that will displease him and if we have made some mistake we have slipped up we've made some error being insan being human beings we are weak then loyalty demands that we don't then not bother about that that well it's one of those things now something happened now so it's no big deal that manner of dealing with some mistake that is against the requirements of loyalty if we think about it that somebody offended us in some way they said something to us which we were hurt about so now it was an offense we felt very hurt we felt very offended and then on top of that the person then is just smiling about it saying nothing and uh, carrying on like nothing happened. So many people get even more angered and even hurt over the manner in which the person is then conducting himself or herself more than even what was initially said. So what was initially said or done, that was the actual cause of the hurt first. But how the person is then conducting himself, then I'm still smiling on top of that, still just showing no in the inclination towards uh, apologizing so that becomes even more painful even more hurtful even more offensive and then on top of that if the person just blatantly repeats that offense so one time the person saw at you then he's smiling about it on top of that and then uh, next day again repeats that now this becomes extremely offensive we become enraged, you want to take some action, you do what not. Now that's a very, very uh, brief way of trying to understand this. 
Allah Ta'ala is beyond any comparison. Allah Ta'ala is free from any comparison. But just to understand it on that level, that just as we take offense, if somebody has said something to us, and then that person is not even apologizing, we take more offense to that. So a person committed some wrong, fell into some wrong, committed some haram, Allah forbid, looked at something impermissible, engaged the ears in listening to something impermissible, spoke something wrong. Then we come to our realization, we realize that this wasn't the thing to do. Or somebody says something, some advice is given, and that brings us to reality, makes us realize that what I did was wrong, I should have never done this. So in that situation then, what is the right thing to do immediately? It is to now immediately make Toba, turn to Allah Ta'ala in remorse and regret over the, the action and beg Allah's forgiveness and ask Allah Ta'ala's help. This will then make amends and Allah Ta'ala loves this very greatly. Allah Ta'ala loves this more than this Toba, this sincere repentance, this regret and remorse over the wrong and the resolve to now go forward positively, Allah Ta'ala loves it so greatly that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gives an example in the Hadith Sharif. That a person is traveling in the desert, he has his provisions on his camel, and now in the middle of the desert, hundreds of miles either way, in the middle of the desert he stops to rest under a tree, and when he wakes up suddenly he finds his camel has disappeared. Now there, what do you do? You out in the open desert, there's nobody around, he can't walk to any place because he won't manage it, it's too far away, and he needs his camel, there's no camel, then he'll need to eat and bring the provisions on the camel that's disappeared with the camel. So in other words, there is no chance of survival. And he looks around, can't find it anywhere, where else he's going to look? It's all open desert. So he eventually just lies down again under the tree, actually waiting now for death to come. Sooner or later this is going to happen now, because he's going to start getting hungry, he's going to start getting dehydrated because of no water, and he can't walk to any place. So now he just lies down, waiting for, well, it's a matter of time now, but then he's, he falls asleep, and then after a short while he wakes up again, and to his surprise, out of nowhere, suddenly he sees a camel is right there again. Now because he had already lost all hope, and he had become so despondent, so as a result of that condition that he had fallen into, now when he suddenly sees that camel standing right at him, right next to him, he becomes so overjoyed, that he loses control of his thinking too. And in expressing that joy of his, he says, Allahumma anta abdi wa ana rabbuk. He says, oh Allah, you are my slave and I am your rabb. But he didn't say this deliberately. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to just try to highlight to us how happy this person is. How ecstatic he is. That he's not even realizing what he's saying. He wants to say, Ya Allah, you are my rabb and I am your slave. That's what he wants to say. But his mind is now over come by this joy and ecstasy, he can't even think straight, he's saying it opposite. Nabi Islam says, Akhta'a min shiddatil farah. He made this mistake out of extreme, becoming overcome by extreme joy. 
having given this entire example just for the, our understanding Nabi Salaam says Allah Ta'ala becomes more pleased with his servant who makes Toba than the happiness this person feels over finding his camel again now this person what happiness can he really have experienced but Allah Ta'ala's pleasure that comes onto the servant is far far greater now what is this all about in the context of what we are speaking that the person who has made sincere Toba he has renewed his loyalty to Allah Ta'ala he has once again become a loyal servant he has repented so we understand from this what is the value of this loyalty that this Toba that he made it renewed his loyalty it took him out of the category of being disloyal so Allah Ta'ala loves him so much now therefore we have to be very very conscious of this and we are weak we slip up sometimes we obviously must make every effort to avoid slipping and falling we stay far away from things that become a a, a trap for us things that become a pitfall for us and we try to walk very carefully but Allah forbid a person has slipped somewhere to immediately make sincere tawbah to feel the regret and remorse in our hearts to shed tears of repentance and beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness and inshallah this will then clear out that sin and will once again renew our loyalty to Allah Ta'ala so we need to become more and more closer to Allah Ta'ala all the time build this loyalty even more so that when the time of our moth comes we leave this dunya and move on to meet Allah Ta'ala in a way that Allah is pleased with us that this is my loyal servant that has come so in any case this was the discussion last week about the loyalty that we should be having for Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala being our creator or sustainer part of this loyalty for Allah Ta'ala is loyalty for the Rasul of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah Ta'ala has himself made Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the example for us and Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to follow in his Mubarak footsteps so following him is part of loyalty to Allah Ta'ala so this loyalty to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as an Ummati that we are his Ummatis so being loyal Ummatis will make us loyal slaves of Allah Ta'ala because Allah Ta'ala loves this part that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam presented to us قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ Allah Ta'ala says to Rasulullah Sallallahu in the Quran Sharif that you declare to everybody <coughs> that if you love إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ if you love Allah Ta'ala then the only way to prove your love is فَاتَّبِعُونِي you follow in my footsteps follow in the Mubarak footsteps of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah Ta'ala will love you and Allah will forgive your sins. So the loyalty to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is in ittiba'ah. One is muhabbat. Muhabbat, alhamdulillah, every ummati has muhabbat. There's no doubt about it. Because without muhabbat for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, without the love for Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there won't be iman. 
So one degree of muhabbat will definitely be in the heart of every mu'min. But like everything else, there are different levels. So this level of muhabbat sometimes is very very low, as a result of which the muhabbat is there, but that muhabbat is not so strong and not of such a level that it brings loyalty. Loyalty is something apart from muhabbat. Person says that I am very, very, I deeply love my parents. Very deeply love them. MashaAllah. But then the parents are asking for something reasonable. They are not asking for something to break some rocks or something. Something within his capacity. And he says, no, no, I am too busy now. I will see some other time. Well within his capacity. But he is just refusing. Every now and again, he has got some excuse. Just doing things to just ignore them. But he is claiming he has a lot of love for them. But he's not helping in any way, not making their khidmat in any way, not fulfilling what their needs are in any way, just not bothered. But his claim is he loves them. So nobody's going to be able to deny that he loves them. They are his parents after all. He surely has love for them. But would any parent say, this is my loyal child? Yes, his love, we accept it, is there. But his loyalty doesn't seem that it's there. And now one step beyond that, person is claiming to love his parents, but he's not prepared to do anything for them, just ignores them, but he's doing things for somebody else. And who the somebody else is? The parents' enemies. He's serving them, he's taking their direction, their lifestyle, attending their functions. But the parents, he said, no, I'm too busy, everything. So now this will be like rubbing salt into the wound. This will be very, very offensive. And then somebody says that your child, mashallah, very loyal, says, what loyal? He's joining our enemies. What loyalty? Now this is what we need to now ponder over that we claim to love Rasulullah sallallahu and indeed we do. No mu'min is devoid of muhabbat. But what is the extent of our muhabbat and has it brought us to the point of loyalty? Or are we, instead of following what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa has given us, we are taking, leaving that aside <coughs> and we are taking what his enemies are dishing out. And there is no need to elaborate on this actually, because this is an ongoing discussion to start off with, and is glaring in front of our eyes. We want to really just get a very quick glance of what the issue is. Just look around our day-to-day -day lives. Look around at our dressing, for example, sometimes. Look around how we think with regards to many aspects of life. What are our likes and dislikes? What are our preferences? how we spend our time, what we give preference to, what we feel very excited about, and then we'll see what is our extent of loyalty to Rasulullah We hear about his Mubarak words, we hear about what he was happy with, we hear about what he was displeased with, 
We hear about what he commanded, what he forbade. We hear all this so often. But to what extent have we that loyalty spurred us now to then take it to heart? Because these are basic things. Only something of a very high level, etc. But just the basic things also. To what extent we have taken it to heart, we have started practicing on it. Why? Because this is what my beloved Rasulullah wasallam has given me. And I have to follow this. As mentioned, and this will be something we have to keep mentioning repeatedly, just to take the dressing alone. Can we think in our heart of hearts that that weekend appearance that I adopted, if suddenly the Azwajah Mutahharat or one of the beloved daughters of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam suddenly had to miraculously whatever however we just for the sake of understanding our or how we should be thinking about this suddenly somebody has appeared Allah Ta'ala made something happen where they, that person is going to be coming and we are going to be going in their presence so what we aspire to how we aspire to dress on a weekend, in a function, in something, would we be happy to present ourselves in that manner? In front of Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha for that matter, Hazrat Aisha Siddiqah radiallahu ta'ala anha, or Hazrat Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, would we be happy about this? In that jeans and t-shirt culture, in that tight-footing garments, in that western-style outfits, in with all those uh, inscriptions and western fashion labels that are just blazing along and all western symbols that this person is actually a ardent follower of New York and Paris and London but Medina Sharif is something else so now is that the way we will be happy to appear if not why not that's what we have to check within ourselves. Why not? Then it means, Alhamdulillah, there's something there, but we put it so far away in some corner that we don't want to let it surface properly also. Now this is not in keeping with the requirements of loyalty. The Sahaba Ikram were truly loyal. There were times when they erred, they were going through a learning process, they had come in new into Islam and they erred. But when they erred and they were corrected, that was it. One Sahabi Abu Mas'ud Ansari radiallahu ta'ala on one occasion he says he was beating his slave. Now in that period of time, there was still from the times of Jahiliyyad and from ages before, slavery was something that was in vogue, people used to own slaves and slaves were just treated as like some other furniture or whatever they had no rights, they had no dignity in the eyes of people Islam came and made them very dignified Islam came and gave such rights to slaves that nobody could have imagined this in one hadith sharif, Nabi Wasallam even advised Give them to eat from what you eat. Make them wear what you wear. 
don't burden them with such chores which will become too difficult for them. And if you've given them so much of work to do, now who is being told? The master. Then help them also. Meaning to this level, Nabi Islam elevated the position of those slaves. And then for every, or so many things, for so many things, the recompense was that you want to get out of this, this sin that you have committed, the recompense will be free one slave. And once a slave is freed, he is freed forever. There is no way he will become a slave again. Meaning Islam paved the way for slaves to get freed in big numbers. And very great virtues were given for freeing a slave. So you find many Sahaba, Abu Bakr they would buy slaves upon slaves and just free them. Just buy them and free them. So in any case, that's another topic altogether. But the point is, we were talking about now, so because in the time of Jahiliyyah, there was no thought about the slave having any right or any dignity. People would beat them, would hit them for any small mistake too. So now this was just close to the times of Jahiliyyah. This person had recently become Muslim. He had a slave and he was one day beating him. And as he was busy beating him, giving him a hiding, suddenly he hears somebody from behind shouting at him, saying to him meaning aloud, Ya Aba Mas'ud, Ya Aba Mas'ud, O Abu Mas'ud. And then he turns around and he sees that it's Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And Allah's Nabi says to him, Lallahu aqdaru alayka minka alayhi. O Abu Mas'ud, remember very well, Allah has more power over you than you have over your slave. In other words, you think you have a lot of authority now, you have a lot of power, this is a slave, and you are the master, so you can beat him, you can do as you please. Remember, Allah has greater power over you. And if Allah takes you to task, it will become a very big problem for you. Now this was a mistake he made, he's just come recently from the situation of Jahiliyat, and now this is a learning process, but as soon as this reprimand came, as soon as this correction took place, he stopped there and there. Number two, he freed the slave. And then he said, from that day onwards, I have never beaten a slave once. Finished, that was it. Once, one person, one sahabi came to Rasulullah and he accepted Islam, asked for some advice. So in any case, in the course of the advice, one of the advice Nabi Salaam gave him, that don't ever curse or swear at anyone. Don't curse or swear at anyone. Now the new person. And he says from that day, now this too was a norm. This was just like how people just talk casually. That was a norm. Somebody would just swear, just curse and think nothing about it. Not bothered about who they're talking to and how they're talking and what they're saying. Whereas these are very serious matters. And these are things that will take all one's reward away and pass it on to others on the day of Qiyamah. And bring other people's sins and put it on the, this person's head, which will take him to Jahannam. He came with all the good deeds, but he's going with other people's sins to Jahannam. Why? Because among the other things that are mentioned, one is swearing at people, cursing them. So this becomes a means of losing all one's rewards. So in any case, he says that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi then gave me advice. One of the advice he gave, La tasubbanna shay'an. Don't ever swear anyone or anything. 
Okamakal, something of the the wording was approximately that, but the crux of it was don't ever swear. Now he is narrating this many years later to his students, and he's saying from that day I never saw a free person, I never saw a slave, I never saw any animal also. Now people that was a standard thing, they would ride donkeys, they would ride camels, sometimes that animal gets a little bit stubborn. So it was like just a standard thing. People would swear the animal and curse the animal. So he said, forget a human being, forget a free person, not even a free person, not even a slave, but not even any animal also have I ever cursed or sworn from that day to now. Bas. What is this? This is loyalty. That my beloved Rasulullah he has given me this advice. He has stressed upon me. They don't ever swear at anyone. Don't ever curse anyone. So now that this is what my Nabi Salaam has said, this is what I will now stick to. I will never ever swear anybody again. So this is that lesson of loyalty. Loyalty to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala loyalty to Rasulullah and this is just a very very small little glimpse into the lives of Sahaba Ikram less than a drop in the ocean their lives were filled with incidents of loyalty of a very high level we can't imagine and in the most sometimes challenging situations but they remained very, very loyal. One Sahabi has Abdullah bin Huzafa al-Sahmi radiallahu ta'ala He is captured by one Roman king and when that king realizes this is a Sahabi so he now puts a proposal to him that I will give you half my kingdom I will get you married to my daughter, but you must renounce Islam. So what his response is, if you give me your whole kingdom also, to renounce Islam for just one moment, and then after I can become a Muslim again, I'm not prepared to do it for that one moment also. Let alone renounce Islam, na'uzubillah. Let alone give up Islam entirely, not even for one moment. Your whole kingdom is, means nothing. It's less than dust. The wealth of Iman Allah is blessed. That is the real wealth. So in any case, this king now started threatening him. But he refused. So to try and threaten him further, he had the, gave the instruction, the Sahabi was tied to a tree. And I told the archers now must shoot arrows at him. But he told them, don't shoot the arrow at him, just shoot it very close to him, by his feet, by his, around him, just to frighten him. Now as they are doing this and he is presenting Christianity to him, that you accept Christianity otherwise you are going to just get killed just now. But he point blank refuses. So he was trying something or the other, so after this too didn't work, so he gives the instruction to put on big pot, very big pot, put boiling water in it, put water in it and put the fire under until it comes to the boil. Some narration say it was oil. Now when this became boiling hot. So one of the other captives who were with him, he was taken and thrown into this boiling water. 
instantly his flesh separated from his whole bo- body meaning it was so intensely boiling meaning he, he became shaheed instantly and everything just disintegrated in that heat of that water or that oil after this now he gave the instruction now first he did this to show him this is what's going to happen to you now and then he gave the instruction throw him in also so as he's being taken along to be thrown into that cauldron that huge pot so now he starts tearing so this message is brought back to the king that he's tearing so he thought maybe now he got afraid maybe now he's ready to accept what i'm presenting to him so he calls him back he says are you ready now he says never so he says what are you crying so what i am crying about is that i was thinking at that time i just have this one life and now this one life will be sacrificed for allah taala then that's over how i wish i had numerous lives and i would have sacrificed one after the other for allah taala now this was his aspiration this was what he was desiring now we will say okay that one life to alhamdulillah now my time is up now so i'm going to jannat so now i do i should be very happy but he was still sad on a different note very happy for meeting allah taala but sad that i can only give one life for allah taala how i wish i could have given repeatedly given life to allah taala so now when he saw this any case the incident is lengthy he finally made a deal with him that okay you kiss my forehead and i'll release you he said no you release all the prisoners who have been captured with me he said okay fine this was now just to create an excuse to release him so any case he did this and brought him all back in the time this was in the time of hazrat umar radhiyallahu ta'ala an but the lesson we learn from this is that what extent of loyalty to allah tbarak wa ta'ala to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam not prepared to give up deen for anything so this is what we have to ponder over think about who we are following in our day to day life what styles and ways that we are feeling very excited about what we feel that is the right way for us to go about these are things we have to ponder over we have to start learning about the mubarak life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and getting closer to him this is the path of loyalty this is what's going to bring us closer to allah tbaraka wa taala may allah taala make us all his true and loyal servants and make us the loyal ummatis of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا ندما ولا مفتونين اللهم انا نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين والحمد لله